Welcome to another episode of Minute Bowl. I'm Cuppy Cup, and today I'm joined by Chuck GBH. Yes. And Rush Dr. Norris Camacho. <laughs> Howdy, guys. And finally, we have Cool Hand Lucas. Yes, you're correct, sir. All right. Now that we're all here, I'm going to bow out for the first segment because my toddler is on a college student sleeping schedule and I'll be back for the second half. Hey, the first topic that we have today is a new segment, Take It or Leave It, where we solicit takes from a and fan base regarding a and sports, particularly a and football this week. And Chuck, do you have a couple to fire at us? I do. And I'm pretty psyched about this segment. I think it's a good idea. I would say that I... In my opinion, and we'll probably be leaning heavily on Aggie football tonight, but I'd take takes about anything about college football. Uh, the first one that I'm going to pick out of here comes from Ryan Coombs. That's at C-H-R-Y-C-O-4 on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, credit where credit's due. Uh, And Ryan's take is the Aggies will win two of four games between Clemson, Bama, and Georgia and LSU, but also lose two other random SEC games. Uh, I'd say that's definitely a possibility. Well, you got to take it or you got to leave it, man. (laughs) I'll take it. Give me that take. I'm going to take it. I actually like that. I do think we can take two of those four games. But I also think that this game, this season is going to be a little disappointing because we're going to lose those other two, and we are going to lose two random SEC games in that most frustrating way that we do sometimes. I think we've got good seasons coming up, but I don't necessarily, in my opinion, think that this is going to be one of them. I'm going to leave it. I, uh, I do think uh, winning two out of four is always a possibility, but I picked us uh, – to win none of the four in my actual takes, but I do think we'll win one out of the four is more likely. And but it's really the second part of the prediction that I don't like. I don't see us losing two out of two other random SEC games. I think we beat Auburn. I think we beat Ole Miss. I think we beat Mississippi State. I think we beat South Carolina. I think we beat Arkansas. I think we win the games we're supposed to win, and we take one that we're not supposed to win. If I, if I hadn't watched the last like five seasons, I would agree with you. <laughs> It's a different different area. I'm all in the Jimbo Kool-Aid. I hope you're right. Well, then let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. This one's from Michael Urbanowicz. That's at Q10 Fanatic. Uh, He says that the fans slash Board of Regents will react so poorly to a six or seven win season that rumors will start of an unofficial coaching search. Take it or leave it. I'll take it. There's going to be rumors for sure if we go six and six. Yeah, I'm taking that too. That's absolutely. It's a. That's us. Now, they, now, okay. So this begs a question of the format of this because I'm going to leave it because I don't know that this is going to be a six or seven win season. I think we've got eight in us. As it was phrased, if there is a six or seven win season. Ah, but he did it. not say if. Okay. So, uh, understandable split uh, on that one. Semantics. <laughs> but Chuck, do you think if there is a six-win season? Oh, if there's a six-win se- if there's a six-win season, before we even get to bowls, they will be talking. There will be talks about how the board of regents is meeting or some other bullshit. Yeah, it'll be the uh, Fran 2005 postseason level rhetoric. 
on steroids. Uh, the next one that I'm going to throw out there is actually from uh, Good Bull Hunting editor David. He's GigThem08 on Twitter. He says, Texas is going to win 11 games and large portions of our fan base will have a collective oh shit moment when they realize they've been arguing against a game that could have turned that tide. Take it or leave it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it too. I picked them to win 10 games. If they beat LSU, they're definitely winning 10 games. If they lose to LSU, they can still win 10 because there's only maybe the Oklahoma being the only other loss on that schedule, other than the game that they won't be favored on that schedule despite losing everything. And, yes, it's our own it's our own damn fault. I mean, if you're a rival, I defer to Chuck's take from a few weeks ago, but every argument for not playing them falls apart when you change the whether or not we should play them to whether or not we should beat them. If you want to beat your rival like I do, you should absolutely play them. I'm uh, their season if we play them. We absolutely could ruin their season. I'm not going to lie. This is of the ones we're throwing out here. This one's the toughest for me because I think that Texas is a 10 or 11 win team this year. So it's right there on that cusp. Uh, just to, for argumentative sake, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to say they only win 10. I think that we should still have a collective oh shit moment there, <laughs> but I'm just going to fight the premise. I'm going to say they fall one short of that, and they do win 10 games because that, that conference is, is theirs to dominate right now if they want. You know, things were different in the Big 12 when TCU was what they were when they showed up in the Big 12, but th- things are falling apart in Fort Worth. Yeah, well, they're still spoilers, but TCU with a good quarterback, somebody like Kenny Hill or – uh, Robinson or anybody else that was there when they when they have an offense, uh, they're really scary to go along with that creative defense. But now, like I said, the best they can hope to is to play spoiler. All right, we'll do one more. Uh, this one was my personal favorite. Uh, this is from Johnny Karate, friend of uh, Good Bull Hunting. His take is: Texas beats LSU, A and M beats Bama, LSU beats A and M. And Bama still makes the playoff. Is that only one loss for Bama? Uh, he doesn't specify. He's, he's laying out that series of events, take it or leave it. But that's already happened. 2012, aside from the, aside from the Texas part, uh, we beat uh, Alabama. Alabama beat LSU, and LSU beat us. And Alabama went to the playoff. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm going to default to I don't I don't particularly care for the term battered Aggie syndrome. I'm more of a realist. I think that two of those three things happen. I don't think that we're beating Bama. No, me either. <laughs> so I think that's where that whole thing falls apart. Bama's gonna make the playoff. I'll take that no matter what series of events you lay out. Yeah. Uh, they don't even have to win their conference. They've done it twice where they lost the conference and won the national title. So. They- mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to leave it to I just don't see us being in the playoff discussion. Well, that uh, I think is our new bit, right? Yeah, it is. I kind of enjoyed that. I, I'm looking forward to – do you guys want to pick uh, from those a take of the week? Who who had the best take there? I think David. I like David's. Yeah. For me, it's David's take. I like that one because it's divisive. He He picked just the right number of wins for Texas to make that – a yes or a no. So I kind of like the way he did that. 
we'll be doing this segment again in the future. If you guys will uh, see us put out the, <laughs> the call for takes was a little late today, but we'll try and do it earlier next time. Uh, get your takes in and maybe you'll have the take of the week. Yeah, I like the take because, you know, it harkens back to the, the good things about the rivalry. And I was looking back uh, for another concept we're developing, but the 2006 season, that was the year after Texas won the national title and they A&M went to Austin and Texas had beaten Oklahoma that year. They had one Big 12 loss the week before to Kansas State. Uh, so if they beat A&M, they were going to go – they were going to win the Big 12 South. As so it happened, A&M managed to beat them and ruin their season, you know. No, no Big 12 championship game, no BCS game, nothing. Just completely ruined their season. And A&M didn't have the better record that year. We were good, but it was still an opportunity to wreck their year and make our own. And having that in a scenario like David laid out uh, would be awesome. You know, we have a couple losses, say, to like Clemson, to LSU, Alabama. We have three losses, but we know we're still a really good team. We think that Texas isn't that great of a team, and we can prove it on the field, and now we can't. So all we're left is to battle over 24-7 recruiting rankings. It's a great take, David. Profits, profitability, et cetera. Attendance. Don't forget attendance. (laughs) I was going to go back and talk about uh, that guy that I quote tweeted who was talking about how the Longhorns' worst nightmare – and then he went on some series of things where they lost to LSU and then we beat LSU and some other things happen as their worst nightmare. I was, it was so depressing that like we were going to beat Texas through a series of like four other games yeah. falling a certain way to prove that we, you know, transitively beat them. Their theoretical being on top, just that argument falls apart because of some. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I am sure this is my fault, but I went back to go read that tweet and it has been deleted. So that was probably my bad. I probably brought some thunder down on that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the feelings that people have, and I had it too, is to, uh, you know, for A&M to craft a identities completely separate of Texas. Um, you know, and I think we did that. I think that was a good period of time to do that between you know, 2012 we've, and now. We've done it. We've done. I feel like our... Yeah, Our I mean, identity is independent. Now we can bring back the game and just enjoy a little football and a little fuck you, no fuck you. Yeah. You know, the way college football is supposed to be. There's yeah. no reason that, that we can't do it. I mean, there's probably a solid half dozen rivalries out there. Iowa, Iowa State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, different conferences, Florida, Florida State. They still play every year, Clemson and South Carolina. You know what? Thanks a lot, David. You got us back on our soapbox about playing Texas again. We we swore we wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, so what's the uh, what's next on our agenda here? Hey everybody! Oh hey. wow! Look who just jumped in at the perfect time, like he was probably listening already. Well, I logged on and I heard you guys, and I was like, "Oh dear!" <laughs> You're like, "I'm not getting involved." The yeah, kids so are at it again. I put myself on mute. <laughs> but we, uh, yes, we're going back to our new depth chart feature, which is where uh, we each provide starters and backups across a series of subcategories from a master category, which tonight is going to be dick moves. The subcategories are going to be grocery store, the workplace, stadiums and in the car 
Let's start with our grocery store dick moves. Uh, Rush, do you want to kick things off here? Let's start. I liked what we did last time where we started with our backup in each category and then named the starter. So give us your backup. Second string, I've got uh, writing a check. That's good. I like that. Which, you know, could go under a larger subcategory of just being old at the grocery store. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of sad. We're just assigning (laughs) them to be a dick. (laughs) And how about you? Number one is going through the express lane with 45 items. Five boxes of the same cereal counts as one item. (laughs) Yeah, same. Yeah, like 12 uh, bottles of kombucha, right? Mm. One item. (laughs) You had to to pick something at Whole Foods. (laughs) I did. It's the only way you know how to grocery (laughs) shop. I like those. Those are both good, Rush. You, you uh, know they charge you by each individual quinoa grain. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I, I need to start looking at prices there because it's out of control. I'm paying like $5 for uh, one bunch of green onions. <laughs> <laughs> They're like four cents at the Chinese grocery. <laughs> Lucas, what, what's your backup for the grocery? Uh, my backup is, and uh, this drives my wife crazy, is getting to the register with uh, some items, realizing that you don't want them and not going to put them back on the shelf. Oh yeah. Just leaving them there. <laughs> the saddest <laughs> thing is when you go, when you're, it's your turn and you just see the basket of forgotten items. See, now I love it when they try to be more subtle and they just take that bunch of bananas and they put it like in the Butterfingers or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, these were always here. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't put that there. Options in here too, yeah. but but to be fair, you're kind of in an awkward spot because you can't leave your. You can't, if you're in line, it's over. You know, you can't leave to go back and make everybody behind you wait. So yeah, That's whether true. or not you're too ashamed to ask the cashier to put it behind the. Yeah. yeah. How about your starter? Yeah, my number one. I had to go with the obvious one. The the Heisman uh, quarterback of all grocery store takes is is not putting your shopping cart back. Oh, yes. in the proper receptacle. Mm-hmm. I would I would go through an American Gladiators obstacle course to put my cart back. That's my mentality. Whereas I I drive a fourteen year old truck that has been in multiple accidents, only one of them with me. Uh, so like, if I'm in my truck, I see the parking lot as just a wasteland where if I hit something, it's probably a bigger problem for them than for me. Whereas if I'm in our good car, yeah, I have a problem with the random shopping carts around the parking lot. Oh, so you prefer the spots that have like three carts in them because you can just pull right into that thing. Well, yeah, sometimes I can just, I can just bash those guys. Who gives a shit? <laughs> How about you, Chuck? Did you have time to look at okay, this? Okay, yeah. So my backup, and this is maybe just me turning slowly into an old curmudgeon, but when I shop, I shop with purpose. I know exactly what I'm getting. I don't, you know, compare prices and all that stuff. I just get the things that I know that I want. And so when people just like are looking at something in the aisle and they've got their cart blocking the other half of the aisle and they're in their own planet, I just want to burn the whole store to the ground. Like (laughs) get the hell out of my way. Quit being so like oblivious and inconsiderate that's my pet peeve in the grocery store i need to introduce you to my (laughs) in-laws six hours to get through a grocery store you need to do that anyway (laughs) (laughs) 
how about your starter? So my starter is a very specific thing that only happened to me and I probably no one else, but uh, I assume you guys, Cup excluded, are H-E-B shoppers, maybe? Yeah. Um, and if you don't have a kid, you may not realize, but they have this little thing at the front of the store called H-E-B Buddy. And it's like the kids can put in a little ticket and then it spins a wheel and then it gives them like a sticker or something. It's, I don't know. It's just a little game for the kids. Well, my daughter loves that shit. She knows H-E-B Buddy. So we were checking out of the store one time and she's barely, I'm barely keeping her from melting down. And I asked the cashier, can I get some H-E-B Buddy tickets? And she was like, yeah, H-E-B Buddy. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And he leaves and he comes back with three of them and he hands them to her. And then he says, the machine's broken though. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude, you just ruined my entire day now. (laughs) Cause now I've got to explain to her, not only are you holding the H-E-B buddy tickets, but you can't do jack shit with those. (laughs) uh, What about yours, Cup? So my backup is and I do these because I know I'm the asshole in all these scenarios. That's our uh, assumption. My backup is digging for the latest expiration date. You're, it's a very selfish move. You're a milkmaid. Yeah. So you, you go, you know, you dig through, you know, eight cartons of goat milk until you find the one that expires four <laughs> years from now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's first in, first out. So you're hurting the store and you're hurting the other customers by, by doing that. My starter is hands in the samples or the peanut butter dispensers. So, uh, what I, is a peanut butter dispenser? So let me let me take you to Whole Foods, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> that got, sounds disgusting. They have it, they have these machines and they grind up peanuts, almonds, or cashews into a butter, and then you pull a lever and it, it fills your little container with the butter. Yeah, They're, they got they got those at H E B too. They're very low to the ground. So I've seen multiple children just like pulling the lever, you know, putting their hand over the nozzle, grabbing some peanut butter and eating it. And then <laughs> going back with their slobbery hand to do it again. And it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. So now I just buy the jars. I'm going to put that many people have touched that lever without washing their hands. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put that under grocery store power moves myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The only cooler thing is if they like, like, because it's in the same aisle as the bulk food stuff. So if they got a handful of peanut butter and then just grabbed a fistful of like chocolates out of the little bulk chocolates and just ate all that shit together, that's a power move. Yeah, you can like make a little trail mix in your hand or a, a bird <laughs> feeder. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing Whole Foods does, I, I'm sure they do this at H-E-B too. They have like these big containers of watermelon or cantaloupe or whatever it is. And then they, they put tongs on it. So I think they want you to use the tong to pick up one piece and put it into your hand. But people don't understand that. It's either toothpicks or bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so lots of bare hands going around at Whole Foods. Everybody there is pretty natural, but I'm I'm not like that. <laughs> so the, that's my lineup for the for the grocery store. Let's see the next one. Let's go to the workplace. Um, Lucas, do you want to start this one with your backup? Yeah, my backup is uh, leaving the printer jammed. Um, <laughs> you know, rather than try to fix it, I'll leave it to the next person who finds that to uh, try to solve the problem. 
very I'm, office. I'm though. feeling very seen right now. <laughs> um, and my number one is eating too much of the uh, the birthday cake for somebody's birthday party. Um, I'll go back. You know, everybody gets their initial piece, but I'm going back for more. So, so you are the guy that's eating too much of it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, that's me. But you know, it's, it, that's one of the things when I'm thinking about the workplace. You know, dick moves. I was trying to think what I'm guilty of, and those those are the two things that I'm definitely guilty of. <laughs> How about you, Chuck? What's your backup? Uh, my backup. I was thinking of our good friend Rush here. Uh, so hopefully I didn't steal one from him. But when uh, your friends uh, DM you something in Twitter that's not safe for work and you work in an open office space <laughs> environment. <laughs> yeah. Look, I said I'm sorry. I probably didn't say that, actually. Uh, and then my starter is a situation I'm currently embroiled in. Uh, and this is probably only applicable to smaller offices. I've worked in bigger offices where no one has control over this, but in my small office, the thermostat for the office is just right there by the door. And I work in an office where for some reason in Texas in the summer, they want to set the thermostat. Somebody in the office sets it to 78 every morning. That is... I I get that AC is not the most environmentally sound thing, and I'm trying to meet people in the middle, but 78 is not the fucking middle. That is hell. My misogyny is, meter is going going off. Uh, Alarm bells, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with well, you. I, I need it to be 72 in the office. I, I I have met them at 75, but I make it very good. No one, no one has fessed up to being the person that sets it at 78, but I make it very clear every morning when I walk in front of everyone and like tap the thermostat while making eye contact with the whole office <laughs> that I am the one putting it back down. You're the alpha. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll go next and then we'll finish with you rush on this one. So my backup is requiring a constant presence, whether that's through having a corporate cell phone or a Slack account, anything that makes it so that they have to know where you are at all times is a dick move. And my starter, well, this was tough for me because like work in general is a dick move for me because I don't have a, a also real, you don't actually job. work. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I have a I have a different kind of job. Uh, but what I do hate is a working lunch. So if you're gonna have a brown bag lunch or anything that requires you to be around coworkers during that that one hour that's supposed to belong to you, I don't care if you're paying for the meal. I don't care if you're going to the nicest restaurant in town hate the working lunch. That's a good one. Thank you. How about you, Rush? My backup is a oldie but goodie speakerphone. <laughs> That's really <Nice>. good. <laughs> and you can get some really good earbuds for like five bucks at the <laughs> CDS down the street. Come on. <laughs> good one. How about I your starter? My starter is very specific. The biggest dick uh, is whoever invented the open floor plan. And <laughs> passing off that fraudulent fiasco is some somehow an improvement to the workplace just what a fraud what a giant. <laughs> i'm amazed that we haven't had any uh duplication yet i'm impressed by this so those are all good the 
Let's do the car next. In the car. Uh, Chuck, do you want to start with your backup here? Yeah, so my backup is actually me. Um, because this is something I very knowingly do, and I'll never stop. <laughs> um, if I'm going down the highway, and I'm in the left lane, because I'm going faster than whoever's in the next lane over, mm-hmm. I don't care how fast the person behind me wants to go. I'm that guy. If I'm going over the speed limit, you can screw yourself. I don't care if you want to go more over the speed limit than me. Could not care less. Not going to speed up. Not going to get out of your way until I have gotten past whoever I want to get past. So that's a dick move that I do all of the time. In your 30-year-old truck? (laughs) Yes. Because (laughs) fuck it. Hit me. I give a shit. (laughs) Perfect. How about your starter? Uh, Uh... and my starter is one that I actually hate, which is the when I need to get in the left-hand turn lane or make a right turn where there's like a right turn lane, and the person in front of me has room to pull up far enough for me to get through and just doesn't. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that's another moment where I'm like, my truck's not worth that much. <laughs> That's all. That's me, by the way. I'm not a great driver, which will surprise no one. No, that that tra- that tracks. <laughs> How about you, Rush? What's your backup here? Uh, my backup uh, when a car waits like ten seconds at a green light, so they're basically the only car to get through before it turns yellow and red. Uh, my starter is when there's a merge and the cars are speeding along the right lane, even though they, you know, like when traffic is stopped. Yeah, the late right merge. Lane. Oh, that's late merge. That's me every damn day, fellas. Every day. That's how I get home on time. You're a dick. <laughs> I'll never stop. <laughs> okay, that was my number one, Chuck. <laughs> I am the number one. <laughs> Lucas. Yeah. Uh, my my backup is uh, tweeting and driving. Um, I'm guilty of this, but. Uh, you know, I look around at cars nowadays, and uh, in point of fact, I, I deal with a lot of auto accident litigation, so I see a lot of accidents. And if you look around in traffic today, I, the other day I was driving, and I saw somebody actually reading while driving their car, a book. <laughs> <laughs> was it the uh, Florida State guy? No. <laughs> Florida State people can't read. <laughs> the shirtless guy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's my hero, by the way. <laughs> but don't do that. You're literally endangering other people's lives. The ultimate dick move. Don't kill people. Uh, My number one, though, is actually what Chuck does. Is (laughs) somebody driving in the left-hand lane. You know, the left-hand lane is for passing, Chuck. And uh, (laughs) what I'm saying is I was passing. And I never do that going the speed limit. I'm always going over the speed limit. I don't care if you want to go more over the speed limit than me. No, that's okay. You're entitled (laughs) as long as you're going somewhere. But there's certain... uh, cruise control culprits who put it on like 71 and it takes them 30 minutes to get past the car going 70. <laughs> <laughs> like a third of the way to Houston already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, the, and the, I was going to go with the late merge that Rush called, but you know, I guess Chuck's guilty of that too. Chuck, Chuck, you're oh, just the yes. worst. I, I am. I, I, can't, I can't deal with you. I'm never going to stop. You were just complaining about inconsideration at the grocery store. You are the person in the grocery store just driving. But it, see, the person at the grocery store is not trying to get anywhere. I am definitely trying to get somewhere, and that's why I'm late merging. 
<laughs> I, uh, I'm not a good listener. So let me know if my backup is too similar to whatever you're talking about with the late merge. Uh, my backup pet peeve is merging across the solid white line when there are cars in front of you. Hate it. So, you know, the guy comes in and he's going 90 while I'm just trying to like not be forced to exit. Mm -hmm. Don't like that in Houston happens daily. That's a very Houston thing to me. Yeah. I'm a very slow driver. I think in in this city, at least (laughs) I'm okay in college station because I drive like an 18 year old who doesn't know how to drive. And uh, my number one, this is one that uh, probably puts me as close to homicidal as possible. It's when someone makes everyone else eat their mistake. So it's like they're trying to get into the left turn lane (coughs) and they're blocking an entire Uh, lane because they're not willing to make a U-turn. It's like, make the (laughs) U-turn. Just go up one light and make a U-turn instead of holding up 45 cars. Hey, that's a Louis C.K. bit. Is it really? It totally is. Almost the exact situation you just described. Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't masturbate in front of people. That's okay. Cool. So it's my bit now. You know, you were talking about Houston drivers and my wife and I both grew up in major cities and then moved to Houston and that's where we met. So we, we grew up with very aggressive driving because mm-hmm. any major city is going to have some pretty aggressive driving. But we felt that we both felt that Houston had kind of a whole different vibe to it. It's not necessarily more aggressive. And she had it pinned to, and this is to Houston's credit, Houston's a very international city. You know, the oil business and the medical business bring, bring people from all over the world. And that's, you can tell in the food in Houston and the languages being spoken. It's a very international city, but it also means that like the people on the road all grew up driving in different countries with God knows what kind of rules and enforcement of those rules and so it's just chaos and madness on the road it's not necessarily aggressive it's insane it's crazy (laughs) in a in an exciting kind of way yeah i can tell you uh highway 59 from basically downtown houston to uh i guess cleveland is just is just fury road everybody's (laughs) doing 95 Seven lanes. There's on. there's guys on poles swinging back and forth throwing grenades. Yeah, it's kill or be killed. You know, don't be the don't be the person doing fifty. Because if it's not a parking lot, everyone gets so excited that they just want to get through it as quickly as possible. We also have stadiums. So stadium behavior. Let's start with uh, Rush. Okay, my backup. Um, I believe we're guilty of this. Leading joke Yelp reviews of Kyle Field concessions. <laughs> I, I mean, college football's Who's business. <laughs> it's really not cool. That's true, because then you can't get a, you can't get serious feedback if exactly. you're trying to decide which concession stand to go to. Do you guys think torn. seriously speaking, do you think that anybody actually yelps which concession stands to go to in a stadium? I so, bet that's a thing. I bet somebody did. does that. People are weird. I bet the taco monster does. Yeah, Greg D. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> taco monster. Number one, telling people to take off their hats. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting very specific on the stadium you're speaking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty general in the other fields. <laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, Lucas. Oh, okay. Well, my backup is, uh, the first one is uh, standing up while everybody else is sitting down, being the fan who just wants to be noticed and as the only person who actually cares about the game in his opinion. Uh, We're really is, hating uh, on A&M here. This is usually the 55-year-old guy wearing a jersey um, who didn't go to A&M or anything else, but everybody hates that guy. He makes everybody uncomfortable. I don't understand it. Um, my number one, my, my starter is uh, sitting in the wrong seats. Um, when the fans show up and there's three people who claim to be uh, sitting, have seats for three seats when they don't, and everybody knows it, again – <laughs> just makes everybody feel weird and awkward. Let people enjoy the game. Don't be a dick. Very good. I'm going to make a, a quick quick change on mine because I had sitting in the wrong seats as my backup, but I'm going to change it to having personal conversations during intense action on the field. Uh, this is kind of an am I the asshole situation because uh, – Maybe I shouldn't care what people are talking about, but if you're discussing work or relationships or something completely unrelated to football, it, it just bothers me for some reason. Um, maybe if you, okay. I don't know why that stance is very surprising to me coming from you. <laughs> That's true. I, I, don't, I, I don't have anything sports-related to talk about. Are, are you the person who's like never violence. seen the fourth quarter of a game you had tickets to? <laughs> Yeah, but see, I leave and then carry out my conversations. I don't, I don't do it in the stands. <laughs> Take this seriously. Now I got to go. <laughs> and my number one, stadiums are, I think, third behind uh, airports and public swimming pools as having the messiest bathrooms. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, how drunk people are. But I just can't stand when there's – piss on top of the down toilet seat drives me insane that's it i mean you're in a stadium there's yeah. probably piss on the ceiling <laughs> true just dripping down that's not leaky pipes <laughs> it's probably it's a, quite a few places you don't want to piss yeah <laughs> piss on the floor and piss on the peanut butter dispenser at whole foods those <laughs> two things drive me insane all right, Chuck, close us out here with your stadium takes. So my first one is a ve another very specific instance. Uh, and this is a little against type for me. I realize on Good Bull Hunting, we like to poke fun at things and, you know, go against the grain on a lot of what Kyle Field is all about. But at the same time, there's no denying that if you go to a lot of NFL stadiums and other college stadiums, uh, the environment in Kyle Field is a little more polite. And I think that's a good thing in some ways. And so one time many years ago, I took, I mistakenly took a coworker to an A&M football game. And he was a guy that had grown up in New York, like New York City. And we're, he, he did not have a horse in this race like he didn't give a shit about college football he couldn't care less about A&M and I think we were playing like the Ragin' Cajuns or something and you know some call came out that was against A&M and everybody's hissing or whatever which yes I'm in favor of booing what I'm not in favor is he stood up in front of like 
there's all of the, you know, it's all, it's families. It's like kids and stuff. And he just screams out. He's the only person talking in the entire stadium. And he screams out, sit down, ref, you're blowing the game. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, this is, read the room. <laughs> I, in his defense, the stranger's defense, I thought it was going to be much more vulgar. No, yeah, well, but still, that's because you were the lead up. <laughs> that sounds just like my dad, by the way. He's that guy. <laughs> and then my starter is sort of a general category. Um, and I would call that, and this is getting away from football, we're going to call it foul ball etiquette or, or home run etiquette. When the ball is going into the stands, there are a series of dickhead things you can do. <laughs> Like there's the the classic guy that was on that Tosh.0 show the at the Astros game that ducked out of the way of the fly ball and it hit his girlfriend in the face. Uh, that's a dick move. But then the other one where like the guy like reaches over and steals it from like a kid yes. who is going to catch it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's taking uh... – the ball from a kid or not just giving it to the to kid exactly if you catch it give it to the nearest kid that's the law yeah, they right. can they should arrest you if you don't <laughs> yeah i agree with that that's good i liked your takes take. i thought we had very little uh replication which was a pleasant surprise as well so that was your depth chart and um i'm sure we're gonna if we haven't already, we're going to beat this segment into the ground and then we're going to start digging and, it, and it further into the ground. So uh, I think that's your minute bowl. Uh, thank you for listening, for subscribing, for leaving reviews, for uh, bullying famous people to be on the show. Uh, we appreciate that support and we will see you next time. Thanks everybody. Thanks.